Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. On this podcast, I talked to Nate Williams, the most connected man of Smart Home, about the iControl acquisition, Marwan Fawaz, and what excites him about the future of Smart Home. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf, and today's guest is Nate Williams, the Chief Revenue Officer, the guy who really kind of goes out and does the deals for August, the SmartLock and Front Door and Access Company, Smart Access Company. And Nate, I've known for a while, he's one of the, the smartest guys in the space, so I always love to get his perspective. And it's a good day to do that. Today, uh, we finally heard the deal has come through. We've been talking about this. iControl was acquired by Comcast and Alarm.com, split between the two the two companies. And so we talk about that and get Nate's perspective. We also get Nate's perspective on Marwan Fawaz, who he worked with briefly while he was at Google Home, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. It's a great podcast, action-packed conversation. We also get to catch up on August and what they're doing over there. If you haven't listened to the Smart Kitchen Show, you should check it out. I just had a great interview with Sam Rose, who is, in her words, creating the most hot-rotted-out connected coffee grinder you've ever seen. It's actually probably the coolest coffee grinder on earth at this point. Pretty cool stuff. Check that out. You can find that under the Smart Kitchen Show on iTunes or your favorite podcast spaces. As always, you can find more Smart Home Shows. You can also find more Smart Home Shows by going to the smarthomeshow.com or just going to technology.fm or just go to iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. If you want to see my thoughts, what I wrote about the iControl and Comcast and Alarm.com deal, uh, you can find that at smarthomeweekly.net. I had an analysis there today. Uh, you can find that there. All right, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. This is a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, I'm glad to have Nate Williams on the podcast. I, Nate, I kind of consider you maybe the, like the most connected guy, one of the best deal make, <laughs> one of the best deal makers in all of smart home. We've known each other for a while. Uh, and I, I tell people, if you don't know Nate Williams in, uh, IO, consumer IOT, you really, you're not in the business. <laughs> so yeah, Mike, that's a, that's a great compliment. You know, I've been in smart home for over a decade. I've tried to do some of the best, uh, you know, most interesting deals, Amazon and Airbnb and Apple HomeKit and Nest. Um, but more than anything else, through affiliations like Internet Things Consortium, you know, trying to be the type of person who's accessible and also giving back to the community. So um, uh, I'm easily found and I always have an opinion. And that's why I appreciate listening to your podcast and every time we get a chance to talk. All right. Well, you're going to dispense some opinions on the podcast today. We're going to start actually just kind of catching up on industry news. We'll get to an August update at the end. Uh, and in this industry kind of catch up, it'll be Nate Williams wearing the Nate Williams hat. And then at some point we'll, we'll segue to your official spokesperson role for August or and, and person. Yeah, sure. So uh, happy to do it. But man, so much is going on that the news today uh, that I control has been acquired by two companies split up. You have uh, probably some perspective on this. This is something that has been rumored for a while and we finally saw them announce the deal. Yeah. So my first interaction with iControl came in 2005 when I was at Intel and I was asked to help out on due diligence for Intel's investment in iControl. So at wow. that time, got a ch chance to meet 
uh, Rezaraji, one yep. of the founders of Eye Control, and Chris Stevens. Who came and from Echelon before that. That's exactly right. He worked on the Echelon Lawnwork standard and ISI. So, you know, I was able to look at the smart home market. And at the time, we ended up, as Intel, investing in the company. That led me to catalyze my thinking around smart home. And ultimately, that led to Four Home, which we can talk about later, right? My previous company that got bought by Motorola. And back, so, by the way, back those days, though, iControl was a very different company. They weren't, they were more of a consumer facing company. They were sorry. not the platform for other service providers. It was hardware and software. It was this idea that there was a consumer market that was ready to buy, you know, DIY type products. Um, and their thesis was around that AMX, Crestron, Control 4 and others were just too high end on the market. And so as the they continued, you know, working through their business in the 2008-2009 timeframe, they pivoted their business successfully um, with Cable Labs. We were part of something with them called the Cable Labs SMA 1.0 spec, security, monitoring, and automation. And what I control and you control were both very successful at was redefining this newer version of what home security could look like. A lot more interactive, more mobile focused, greater connectivity to like connected products. And so as the last couple of years have progressed, I think iControl definitely uh, has a place at the table for being a major innovator. And I'm happy to see for the founders and the key employees and all the folks on those teams that they found a place uh, either at alarm.com or Comcast where they can continue to work on that vision. Yeah. I think it's exciting for yeah, the market. Yeah. And for the the oral history of the smart home, which we, we try to capture to a certain degree here, um, that that bringing together uh, around the time of the pivot of you control and I control was an important part of it. You know, those are two companies that were competing, you know, one doing That's Z wave, right. one doing Zigbee. And those two formed the divisions. One was the iControl Connect platform and one, the other one was, was Converge. I always get a mix up. I think Converge was the cable focused one. Yeah, I believe that's a U-Control platform and yep. the other one was the iControl platform. Little known fact in that late November, early December of 2010, um, Zanbu was acquired by AT&T. Um, the, di- for- the Diamond Brothers? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Bill and his brother, um, for home where I was COO was yep. acquired by Motorola. And a week later, I control and you control merged to form the new I control. At the time, it was rumored that was at the behest of Comcast. So we had three kind of smallish, you know, 100 person, 50 person, you know, startup companies getting acquired or, or merging within a one week period prior to CES of 2011. And that was, you know, these companies were really early on. I mean, I control at the time thinking that there was enough of a DIY market as well as the the Diamond Brothers with with Zambu. I think they were probably too early. They a lot of the research and the product development they did ultimately became uh, productized through the service providers, whether it's AT and T uh, with with uh, you know what they acquired, what you did at uh, Four Home, and now I feel like we're at a stage where we're seeing another kind of wave of acquisition as we're kind of seeing the market move to the next stage. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, back then it wasn't a good thing to call yourself a platform. It, the nomenclature of platform and smart home wasn't widely understood by investors or even corporate executives. So the idea that you're talking about the space between the devices or an abstraction language for the various devices, that didn't resonate very well. So companies like iControl or Four Homes, Zanboo, ZanBoo, ThinkThink, this was a, a newer way of thinking. It was more of a web 
you know, style thinking where, hey, we can connect these devices. We can be somewhat agnostic to the underlying protocol. And the first sort of the first pieces of moving from this sort of desktop or laptop interface into mobile. So it's cool to see now, especially in the wake of news with with HomeKit and, and Google Home and Amazon, where folks are so focused on platforms. I mean, you know, I, I read a lot of your analysis, listen to the podcast. I mean, there's a lot of d- discussions like the platform is the super highway. Um, and now it's really like in the August perspective, how do we have the best portfolio of point devices yeah. that work in that world? So the world has changed. Um, and I would say when I look at the buyer, you know, the, the mass market buyer of smart home um, 10 years later, you know, from t- 2006 to 2016, we're seeing a lot more folks get into the tent of smart home and the on-ramps are so much better. So whether it's going in through like a Coldwell banker that announced, uh, you know, program this week, or it's coming in through your security provider, like a Vivint or a Honeywell, or even coming in through Best Buy, who's doing a great job. There's a lot of ways that folks are seeing this. And to me, and for you as well, other folks have been in here for 10, 15 years. It's just great to see some of that early work and thought leadership and debate finally turn into real facts. Yep. I want to get to, uh, I want to talk about the Nest news in a bit, but I want to, because you have some special perspective on that due to kind of your, your background. Sure. But I do think uh, one of the things I speculated about is I feel like it was an interesting turn of events that Alarm.com acquired iControl, at least half of it, because you know there was a really high-profile legal battle between those two companies. iControl actually prevailed in court, had a fairly kind of a, um, a fairly important legal win that established their their IP around cloud-based smart home control, as them really kind of owning a lot of the early intellectual property there. But then you saw Alarm.com buy them. It feels like. One of the things I just felt is it's very hard to be a B2B platform in this space. You just don't take enough uh, home enough of the spoils. Alarm.com takes a lot more of the monthly recurring revenue compared to someone I, I control. And I feel like that ultimately contributed the, to the fact that Alarm.com is doing well. I control isn't because they're just taking home peanuts through all these great relationships they have. Well, first of all, I'm not an expert on the Alarm.com business or the I control business, but the higher level, the way to look at that is, Generally, when you're inking a platform deal with a service provider security company, you're sort of freezing in time yep. the puts and takes on the deal. You're saying, hey, the universe looks like this, and this is sort of what how we're going to share revenue. But over time, what happens is this proliferation of additional devices. So whether it's in the Z, Z, ZigBee device class or Z-Wave device class, there's different approaches, different products. There was no Nest back then. There's no IFT. And so all of a sudden, those requirements of what you need to do cost more and more money. But you may be in a situation where you're actually generating the same amount of revenue. And so, again, I think it ends up consolidating into the hands of a couple companies, especially on that B2B side, who really are trusted to bring that innovation. So I was at ESX a couple of weeks ago, the big security show, as one of the keynote speakers. And what I realized there is, you know, the, the security dealer that has it, maybe, you know, 10,000 homes or 50,000 homes, they look at some of these platforms, the Honeywell Total Connect or Alarm.com or the iControl One platform as a way for them to stay relevant without making that R&D spend. So it's definitely tricky when you're, you know, B to B to C. But ultimately, I feel like 
a lot of this innovation wouldn't happen as fast if there weren't companies like Alarm.com or iControl bringing it to market. Let's switch and talk a little bit about Nest. The 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 changeover in management from Tony Fidel had the entire industry buzzing for at least a month. Uh, it was something that wasn't all that surprising for us who follow this market closely. You know, Tony's had a rough year there. Clearly, his place in history as an innovator, I think, is cemented um, with with Nest and before that, the iPod. But you have, uh, I think, an interesting perspective on Marwan Fawaz, the guy who actually came in and replaced him. Yeah, absolutely. So again, speaking as, you know, Nate, the <laughs> IoT executive and angel investor and not as Nate, the August person, you know, first thing I would say is I think Tony deserves a ton of credit for being a leader and a visionary in the field. Yep. When we look at the bar of UX and packaging and all, all of the things that come with the hero products, Nest set a bar that very few can, you know, jump over. So they, they, they created this demand in the industry for Apple-like products. Um, my interaction with Marwan, obviously we overlapped at Google where I was part of the management team at Motorola Home and Marwan was brought in to run that business. And so I think Marwan is a fantastic executive. He's extremely technical as evidenced by his role on the technical advisory board of ADT, obviously in his cable background. And I think he's the type of person, in my experience, that is very crystal clear in terms of what he wants. This is a person that can make decisions. He can ask the tough question. He's very articulate. And he's also a no-ego type of person. And so, again, uh, Nest is a great partner of August. We work well with them. I think Marwan over there is is really positive and i wish him the the best of luck as he you know takes the realm the helm over there and uh continues to grow the nest business you know the interesting kind of web of connections in this industry if you look at the the company that bridges these two big pieces of news the the nest news and then today's news around eye control it's adt and so marwan yes. went there was an advisor now he wasn't i think kind of running the day-to-day uh, nope. you know, they, they had some folks over kind of the innovation side, but I think he was certainly there advising and ADT in its own right is I think done a good job reinventing itself. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's a little bit cloudy in my perspective where they're going now that they're owned, uh, by, uh, you know, an, a private equity firm, but I th- yeah, I, so I think, but I do think it's an interesting, uh, observation to say, you know, he came from helping ADT reinvent themselves. He's now going to nest. What does that foretell? He, I, I would step back and say, you know, as Arthur Ardonia and yep. others went over to ADT, what did the service provider market inform security about? They both had, you know, recurring monthly revenues. I think when we look at the, you know, transition into broadband and we look at, you know, 5G, uh, service providers clearly continue to deploy capital to build out their infrastructure. And they do a, they, they do a very capital efficient job of doing that. And so Marwan had a background, and so did Arthur, of being able to go fast, you know, putting money back into the system and making it work. And I believe when security companies think about what's coming next, it's a much more integrated experience. It's got hero products that may not be manufactured by some white label you know, ODM that could be hero products like an August or a Canary or something like that. So you know, the, the type of technology decisions a security CTO has to make now are much more prolific, right? There's data, there's, there's devices, there's platforms. And I think that's a great experience. Subsequently, you know, thinking about connected devices, obviously there's this, this, this flow of 
connected devices eventually into services. And so clearly somebody who has a background in you know, capturing a check each month or having a bill, that's helpful, right? That, that, that's the business of you have to sort of win that customer again every single month for them to continue to pay their bill. And there was a lot of speculation because Marwan had kind of overseen the sale of Motorola Home when he was at Google. Would he potentially oversee the sale of Nest? I took it a completely different way. I felt like his uh, experience working with cable providers, kind of over, kind of understanding that recurring revenue business, and then over at ADT helping them reinvent themselves a little bit. I feel like uh, he's maybe coming in to help Nest understand uh, the paid content or the paid services business. Um, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about at the IoT Consortium is the IoT, you know, consumer smart home, consumer IoT is trying to transition to a services model and get away from that one-time hardware sale. I think Nest is, is part of that movement, and they're trying to reinvent themselves possibly uh, towards that model. Yeah, I, I won't share my private thought on that <laughs> other just in re- reinforcing the fact that I think Marwan is a very technical, capable, steady hand, and this is a person that's deeply, you know, embedded in this business, understands the finer points of security. There's always a knock in smart home, especially, you know, you talk to Julie Jacobson at IC West or others, there's a lot of startups and others who come in who don't know the first thing about central stations. They don't know who COPS is or Monotronics. This is a person who's coming into a business who knows what it's like to derive revenue from customers every month and build out technology. I think that's a net positive for the business. One of the things that I think about in terms of helping to run August and, you know, as an angel investor is I really do care about having a vibrant ecosystem in the smart home and having multiple choices and multiple products. And generally speaking, there's sort of two personality traits that are happening these days in the smart home. There's this, you know, a little more open, uh, we want to raise the water level. We have our own, you know, part of the market that we, you know, want to win at. But, you know, if other folks win, that's good too. And then there's this other mentality that I'm starting to see, which is more fixed pie, like, hey, a, you know, XYZ win is my loss. And I just don't subscribe to that. I think having more leaders in smart home who really care about how do we pass the sniff test with consumers, that will lead to a stronger market three, five, ten years out. Talk about some of the sectors you, you're excited about just stepping back and looking at smart home. Um, you know, we, you and I talk a lot kind of offline about what are some interesting pockets. You, you know, you, I think in August, you know, you guys are doing a good job of kind of owning that front door. You've created this concierge services side. You as a, as a, an angel investor invested in a, an area near and dear to my heart uh, in smart kitchen with orange chef. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the areas that excite you? Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, I look holistically. I've sort of spent my career the last 15 years at the intersection of consumers and technology. So I'm a, a failed Hollywood executive that found my way into smart home. And so I really look up and down of what are the things that consumers are doing with their time and on what devices. So if I look across some of the, the cool things in, in my portfolio where I've either you know, deployed money as an angel or advised, it would be you just mentioned you know, Orange Chef. So that connected kitchen opportunity, it's relevant to Amazon, it's relevant to you know, Unilever, it's relevant to Pepsi. Those are the things I think are so cool. Companies like Juicero, where a good friend of mine, Maliki, is the head of product over there. I'm an investor in Roost, who you cover quite frequently. Uh, you know, awesome company, 
not only in the smoke detectors, but obviously this week with their announcement in the water leak detection. Yep. So again, changing that paradigm of the home, it's not appropriate for us to think that consumers with after-tax dollars are going to be constantly paying for all the devices. Um, if you look at State Farm or Liberty Mutual or American Family, at some point, just like smart meters, somebody has to step up and say, that $3 sensor in the home is worth us paying for it because it's going to allow us to save money on the operational expense side. So super passionate about that. Another investment of mine that I think is really interesting is on the data science side of it. So an LA-based company called Data Science that initially focused on taking uh, data from connected connected devices, such as uh, Roku and Sonos, and helping them to understand how to drive better delight or better usage of the product. I think that's super interesting. And maybe the last one, we've seen just an amazing amount of interest in this Wi-Fi sector. So both with companies like Luma and Eero, I think that's indicative of to have an effective smart home, you have to have the building blocks. And so Wi-Fi performance is really interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with a company called Serent that was recently. Yeah. So I'm an advisor to Serent. What I love about what they're doing is that value prop is very interesting to connected device makers to say, hey, you don't always have to rely on the individual's home Wi-Fi. We can get you a signal somewhere else, and that device will always stay connected. And by the way, when you change you know, network keys, it's going to automatically import because as we see 20, 30, 40 devices on a home network, it's going to be a real CTO duty. And my fear, I know you've said this before on podcasts and at the IOTC events, if we get to a point where every home needs a CTO, we've really failed as an industry. So those are the things that keep me excited. Maybe the last thing on a, on a sort of adjacency is that the augmented reality, virtual reality sector, I think that's got so many implications to what happens in the smart home yeah. um, because of entertainment possibilities. But even if you look at uh, Matterport as a company that's providing these really uh, awesome 3D imaging inside a home, if I have that image, I can share that with my contractor and they can show me how you know an upgrade will work. They can give it to a moving company and they can say, hey, there's the best way to move that couch inside the home. So a lot of great things happening. You know, I thought maybe five years ago that some of these advisor roles, angel investments would actually detract me from being good at my full-time role of traditionally running sales and business development. It's actually been the opposite. It's allowed me to see a much wider view of the market. And so when I put my August hat on, I'm able to sort of understand like, hey, these Wi-Fi products that are happening like Eero and Luma, that's that's good for August because it means that there's going to be better Wi-Fi performance in the home. So Wi-Fi doorbells and other things like that can work. Well, you have your, your August hat snugly fit it, fit it on. You <laughs> pull it down a little bit. We're going to talk about August now. Um, you guys have had some news uh, as of late. Let's catch up on what you guys have been talking about. I, I know that you had an IFT uh, yeah. integration news. T- talk yeah. about that and, and what else? Yeah. So for folks who listen to the podcast or others who are new to it, you know, August has really been focused since our launch uh, around two years ago on providing smarter home access. We really care about people, products, and services that come in that front door. And we've got two hero products, the August Smart Lock 
so where you can use your phone as a digital key and the August doorbell cam. So we've had a great amount of success to date. We've seen a real acceleration over the past six months in terms of the category. So our smart lock, which is now on our Gen 2, is CNET editor's choice and Mashable. It's around 4.5 stars on Amazon. What we're seeing there is just a lot of interest of folks who are either Airbnb hosts or they're busy professionals and they don't want to have to go home from the office to let somebody in their house. On the doorbell camera side, I think, as you mentioned, super exciting category. People want to see and speak with visitors at their front door, whether that's somebody dropping off a package, et cetera. And so we think that's really important. We like the category. We think Ring and Skybell as well are doing a good job. In addition to that, we made a conscious uh, choice over here. So Jason Johnson, our CEO, and Eve Behar, the co-founder, this is a portfolio company of products. It's not a platform company. Nest is a platform. HomeKit is a platform. SmartThings is a platform. We made a decision that we're going to bridge up to some of the leading products and services. And we do that in a methodical way. We listen to our customers. We pull them. We use data. So a couple of things I would just highlight recently is we got a lot of folks asking about IFT, wanting to connect August to, hey, if the August you know opens the door, I want to put it on a feed. I want to be able to turn on the lights, et cetera. So we announced that about a month ago. We doubled down with our partnership with Nest, and we announced that the August uh, doorbell cam interoperates with the Nest camera. So a real cool use case is, you know, you can have an August doorbell camera see an image outside the home, and eventually then you can tie that to, uh, you know, Nest camera video that's inside the home. Super cool use case, makes people see both sides of a transaction if somebody's coming in, you know, dropping off something, dog walker, et cetera. And then most recently at WWDC, we announced, uh, you know, our doorbell cam is on track to support the HomeKit spec. So we have arguably the best rated, best selling uh, smart lock that's HomeKit. Now we're, you know, going to be going on the, you know, doorbell cam to support HomeKit. That's a lot of stuff. You guys have been busy and that's a lot of the stuff you've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so over here, I own uh, sales, business development and platform product management. And so my team really focuses on the growth of August. And what we really do is, you know, at this size and scale where we're, you know, we've raised over $50 million, we're close to 90 employees. We're focused on building out that value after the sale. So if I look at some of these partnerships, whether it's Honeywell and security or Airbnb, it's to allow our customer to do more with the product every day. And so that's one of the most important things about partnerships. I've learned something over the past 10 years, which is feels like less is more. Um, there's always a rush to do a lot of partnerships for a PR value, but ultimately it turns out to be these, you know, these hero partnerships, Apple, Net, um, Ift, those are the ones that really move the needle forward and more you know, sort of like our long tail ones, they don't do much. And so as I've gotten a little bit more senior in my thinking, uh, I've realized it's all about making the customer win and trying to set up the right uh, user experience so it's not that kludgy. Um, that's where we really focus over at August. So it's been a great run. 
I would say, you know, just one more point on that is we've seen the interest in the smart home market take off. So if I look at some distribution, you know, we're at August.com and Amazon and Best Buy and Lowe's and Target and a bunch of others like Fry's and, you know, Comcast and Smart Home and Home Depot. What we're seeing is that these retail locations have gone through the first phases of their smart home setup. And now they're transitioning into a more, uh, you know, version 2.0. So in the case of Best Buy, they have success. They have, you know, us there. They have Ring. They have, they have smart things. And now they're basically telling a story. When you walk in, you can get a pretty good tour of all the different cool product areas. And you can actually, you know, start your journey, Belcam, and maybe come back a couple months later and buy something else. Well, one of the things I enjoy talking to you about, Nate, is you always have some good predictions. What are your predictions uh, for the smart over the next six to 12 months? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm most excited about is Farfield. So whether that's the Google Home device or Amazon Echo, that's captivated an, an entire group, millions of households with the ability to control their home in, in, in so many awesome ways. So I see that trend playing out big time over the fall and the holiday. You're going to see it all over retail and online. I think that part will be really important. Other is just more progressive business models around smart home. So when we think about premium services or insurance companies, August recently announced uh, Liberty Mutual as a strategic investor. I anticipate we'll see insurance companies be a little more on record of how they want to help their customers get into the category and then I think it's a good segue just to close and talk about the Internet of Things Consortium. So you and I are both part of the advisory board there. We had an event. You attended, and so did I in San Francisco. I couldn't think of a better collection of brands to sit in the room and talk about what the future for smart home could look like. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But what I saw was we had executives from Nielsen, from Honeywell, even executives from Nestle, and being able to get out of just pure hardware folks and talking about the implications to a Nestle, I thought that was really awesome. Uh, what did you get out of it? It was – I alluded to it earlier, this conversation about you know how do we move beyond this uh, kind of initial stages of a, you know, a bunch of separate ecosystems, products that oftentimes don't work together that can lead to frustrating the customer to you know moving towards a kind of a more cohesive – System where things work together and transitioning to new new business models. I think the idea of business model innovation was kind of first and foremost. I was just kind of more often. I felt like often an observer hearing all you guys talk about it because you guys are actually out there making products. I'm just a guy doing podcasts, so I don't know why you actually invited me to the party. Uh, uh, I was just. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think sometimes we need someone who has a deep, you know, with you being one of the founding Gigom research people, you know, somebody that can actually look more high level and say, hey. Let's fact check this. Is this right? You know, my last prediction about this, I've stayed on this for the past couple of years, is I see this line between the, the sort of automation control side of the home and the media consumption side. I see that starting to blur. And as we approach the fall, whether it's Samsung with, you know, some of their smart things, technology on TVs or Apple with Apple TV. I believe over time what we'll see is a better integration. So you don't really have to task switch between I want to watch a movie and be entertained and doing all the home automation. If we can get there 
And if we can really show consumers that a little bit of an investment in smart home technology pays dividends, you know, for, for years and years and years, I think we're in a good spot. So hopefully you and I will sit on a panel at CES yeah. and maybe take stock of where we're at. <laughs> I think this year, um, you mentioned Wi-Fi. Um, you, you talked about Siren. There, there is so much going on in Wi-Fi right now. Like people have discovered it again, realize how important it is. And there's a lot of other companies I'm hearing with some really interesting approaches that I think are just going to reshape things. At the same time, uh, Bluetooth coming out, Bluetooth 5.0, and and putting that together with mesh, um, that's going to make for some really interesting things over the next few years. Ne- never, never issue with standards. And again, anybody who's listening, we always encourage the best and brightest to come into smart home, whether that's sales, marketing, design. This is a category where you make products that delight users every day. And uh, we'd love to see you in the industry, either over here at August where we're you know, dramatically hiring right now or somewhere else in the ecosystem. Well, that's the marketing guy in Nate Compound. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to do it. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're ramping up here. I'd love to see great people. All right, man. Thanks for spending time with me. Of course. Anytime. Thanks, Nate, for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll be back next week. Have more podcasts for you. As always, I appreciate you listening. If you want to converse with me on Twitter, find me at Michael Wolf. And uh, let's have a chat. All right, folks. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.